Good morning, Jay. Good morning, Corey. Uh, we are en route to Tampa Airport. I uh, came down to uh, visit Jay and his family and uh, go to Amelia Island Concourse d'Elegance. It was an epic weekend, um, and we are actually podcasting from inside of a car right now. <laughs> Nothing better than an on the way to the airport podcast. Yeah, let's get a quick one in here. Um, so last night, Jay, we had a pretty uh, epic M night. Yeah, uh, that was pretty amazing. Yeah. So we alluded to last time that Jay had a, uh, well, obviously we said he had an M2, and we alluded that he may have had the better version of that. It happened to be orange, uh, and that car, as you may have guessed, is a 1M. So he has a 1M and an M2 in his garage, probably two of the most sought-after BMW M performance cars in the last 10 years. Yep, yep, a 1M. They only uh, sold 740 of those puppies in the United States. Uh, one of them went to the museum, so they sold 739. Had your choice of three colors. Alpine white, black sapphire metallic, and Valencia orange metallic. Valencia orange was the one that you saw with all the marketing materials, and kind of, uh, they used that color on the car to promote the car. Kind of the most unique color, in my opinion. Yeah, that color in sunlight. Especially the Florida sunlight pops. It's really stunning. Yeah. Um, and this pictures do not do that color justice, like most colors. <laughs> exactly. Um, but we, yeah, but we wanted to find out yesterday since you were here, mm-hmm. and the garage was there, and the cars needed us. Yes. And we had a whole weekend in a Porsche Boxster Spider. Yeah. At Amelia Island, we were kind of tired of Porsche. We needed, yeah. to, we needed to venture down the route of BMW M. We had had our fill of Porsche. I know. Amazing driving cars, just they just get older. So we wanted to set out to find out in a back-to-back, immediately right after one or the other one, which one of these cars steals our heart the most. Mm-hmm. Which one of these cars puts the biggest grin on our face, makes us laugh the most, feels the best? What are the differences? Are they the same car? Just what? Seven years newer? Obviously, we're not trying to find out which one has better technology. That's yeah, because that's clear. Pretty self-evident. That's, that's a big, big uh, point in favor to the M2. Um, if I was daily driving one of those cars, daily driving one of those cars, um, the M2 would have to take it because the infotainment in that car is second to none in the industry. In my yeah, opinion. it's really good. Really good. Uh, the 2018 with the touchscreen update and everything. And, the voice activation, the first voice activation in a car that I've ever had work for me. Yeah, it actually it, works. It really does. <laughs> like, better than Siri, it's amazing. Anyway, but that's boring. We don't need to talk about we go down infotainment technologies. Well, uh, just one more thing on that. Okay. I will say that for being a 2011, for being an iDrive, which is maybe, you know, iDrive, of course, was derided when it came out as one of the worst ever. Now yeah. it's one of the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, for being a 2011, it's pretty decent technology. Mine does have the navigation um, on the 1M and it will the graphics are decent. It actually has Google Earth and it will show you believe it or not, text messages on the screen. Really? So when you're driving along, yeah, without Apple CarPlay obviously, Uh you know, you can set it up to display text. So believe it or not, in a 1M a classic car almost I can get text messages on the nav screen. Wow. Uh, 
Um, all right, so now that we've talked about that, let's talk about the cars and how they make us feel, how they drive, what is it like to sit in each one of them? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the first thing we did, kind of an evolution, right? We took out the M2 together yeah. first, mm-hmm. and then you had the genius idea that instead of doing it one and we should have them out at the same time. Yeah, we're two people. We could be in two places yes. at different times. Yeah, yeah we both Thank have you. licenses. Yeah, we both have, <laughs> both have driver's license. We could take both cars out at the same time, Bluetooth, because uh, why not, and talk back and forth. We should have podcasted that, but the technology we weren't sure about. So. Yeah, we're uh, learning. And uh, so we ended up... I'm just going to cut all that out. So we ended up taking both cars out at the same time and... Uh, talking back and forth over Bluetooth about what we were thinking. Yeah. Well, I'll just say real fast, before we even did that, we took out the M2 first together, mm-hmm. and we were pretty much like a couple of uh, school children giggling. <laughs> and this is after being in the Spider for like 600 miles. Yeah. You know, going to Amelia, coming back, seeing all the new stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't think I remember seeing any M2s in Amelia. Do we see any M2s? No. Wow, I just don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I don't think I saw a 1M. No, no. Not a single one. Didn't see either one of those. I actually saw another spider, funny enough. Yeah, yeah, which is probably even, I mean, definitely more rare than an M2. Yeah, definitely more rare than an M2. Huh. Um, anyway. But anyway, so so we kind of thought, okay, let's get the M2, you know, check it out. It's a cool car, but whatever. But immediately on driving the car, we were both smiling, laughing, like, and just thinking, this car is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. The front end grip, the noises, the direct steering, the brakes. I mean, it's so tight. It literally feels like a little race car that you put on the street. And it's just every input gets dramatic consequences yes. from that car. I've never had a car, well, up until that point, uh, change direction so quickly. Yeah, like, I believe we were talking about how good it looks, uh, how good it sounds. How the brakes are immediate, the throttle is immediate, the steering is even more immediate. Yeah. And it's just a it's just a fantastic little package. You know, there's so much hype around that car, or has been. Mm-hmm. And it's kinda I feel at least for me, I get a little bit numb, like oh, okay, you know, it's M2. Is it really that good? Yeah, is it that good? But then when you drive it, you're like, wow. Yeah. It really is something special. Mm-hmm. Especially in 2018, when you know a lot of these cars have been oversensitized and a little bit Distant, but really dumb. good, faster, you know, yeah. better performance numbers, all that, of course, but maybe a little bit disconnected. Yeah. Um, and really, it showed no weak points to me until I drove it back to back with the 1M. Yes. So let's. Yeah. <laughs> so then, so then after driving our oh, let's go get the 1M. So we did take the 1M out. I started in the 1M. Corey started in the M2. We kind of followed each other, let the engine, of course, warm up. And we were fortunate enough to find sort of a backcountry road that literally dead ends into a cow field. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were able to enjoy the cars without worrying about other cars and pedestrians. Yes, pedestrians. Mm-hmm. Um, and I gotta say, I was shocked at how different they are. Yeah, really, for being basically the same segment a few years removed yeah uh, <laughs> they were remarkably similar but their differences really shine through when you uh, have them back to back 
So the first thing I noticed, yeah. can I just go into this right now? Yeah. Is steering. Yes. <laughs> Mechanical steering versus electric steering yeah. in the M2. Completely different <laughs> feel, obviously. That is the first thing you notice. Mm -hmm. Is as soon as you, because as soon as you take the car, I mean, you feel it as you're moving. The the steering wheel is vibrating as you're, you know, getting going because you know it's that mechanical feel, right? Yeah. In terms of road feel and, and communicating with you, what's happening? It's really quite the chatty Cathy. It won't. It, it is constantly telling you everything that's happening. Yeah. And you kind of say that you get in the you get in the M2. You say, oh, this is wonderful. And then you get in the one in and you drive it, maybe even a block, and you kind of say to yourself, oh my God, the steering is like a totally different level. Yeah. It's like the M2 in comfort mode, the steering is a little bit lighter than the 1M, and then in uh, sport mode, it's a bit heavier, and the 1M is that balance in between where, like, if I could choose to have... It's just in good mood. Yeah, it's, it's just, just constantly in good mood. Yeah, there's no mood to change. It's just perfect mood. Uh -huh. right? And if I feel like it, I think I'm right about this, the, the, the diameter is actually a little smaller. Is it really? Uh, in the one in. I could be wrong, but it certainly feels slightly smaller. Huh. I didn't notice any discernible difference, but uh, you're the owner, and you've had plenty of seat time. So I'm right. Obviously. Yeah, so you're right. Yeah, it's of course. No, but, so beyond the steering, um, of course it feels more compact, mm -hmm. but, you know, it might feel a little, so in terms of acceleration and the throttle, it feels just as sensitive, yes. just as responsive, oh, yeah. um, and maybe even more eager, maybe slightly, maybe a little bit more like, you know, a puppy dog on a leash. Yeah, it feels a little bit more punchy, is, is the punchy word. Punchy yeah. a great word. Yes. Um, Which is hilarious, because the M2 is quite punchy. The M2, the word I would use is ferocious. I think yeah. I've used that before. <laughs> that, the, it, it's amazing. The, the power that thing has is amazing. Um, just, I don't know, would you say it's more... Maybe the M2 is more serious about going about its business? Still yeah. playful, but... Definitely still playful. It's not quite the sledgehammer that the M3's come, become with, the, yeah. with this latest F80 generation, but it's definitely more of a sledgehammer than the 1M, I think. You know what it does? It helps you feel, uh, in a significant way, uh -huh. more involved, more part of more part of the, if that's a way to say a sentence, more part of the driving experience. Mm -hmm. You're more involved in it. So when you drive the F80 M3, right, like you said, it's such a great word. Uh, it's kind of just like, pow, this big thing of torque hits, and the car is rocketing forward, and it feels big, and it feels powerful. Uh, but in the M2, there, there is a discernible feeling of, wow, I'm so much more in control of this car. It feels more related to my inputs. Yeah, and, and I think a lot of that has to do with the way the uh, power builds as you go through the revs, where the M3, is all the torque at like 1500 RPM and it's just a constant wall of power yeah. with no real peaks or there's no... A little bit monotone, isn't it? Yeah, there's no character to it because it's just constant wall. And the M2 has a nice linear, as you get higher in the revs, it's going faster, 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 faster. And yeah. so in the 1M is that even more so, I think. Yeah, I found, I'm just gonna come out and say this, not to be a spoiler alert. Mm -hmm. I found 
that despite how happy I was and thrilled to drive in the M2, now given these are my cars, this sounds ridiculous, but we mm-hmm. do drive a lot of different things, and I have a daily driver. Yeah. Uh, so it's really cool to, to drive the car after not driving it for a while and kind of get that uh, fresh feeling again. Mm-hmm. But what I found really neat is that even after being so pleasantly surprised and excited of driving them too, to get to get out of that and to get in the 1M um, was revelatory about how good the 1M really is. And the, in the way that it makes you smile, in the way that it, it drives and delivers its power, its steering, its handling. And there's so much hype on that poor car uh-huh. that it's really unfair because when you do distill it and boil it down to the essence, it is, it is a car that is laced with special sauce. Uh-huh. And as amazing as the M2 is, and it is fantastic, don't ever drive a 1M because <laughs> it's just that much more of kind of a, you just think to yourself, you say to yourself, wow, this is a special driving experience that I don't know how I would replicate. Uh-huh. Help me, help me. Explain what I'm saying more, maybe in more scientific terms or more more technical terms. Like, how would you maybe say that more technical way from your from your the seat of your pants? The, the what I thought getting out of the M2 after we had both driven it together was I cannot. There's there's very few points of this car that I would even make a slight change to. In each of those, the 1M did better. What would what would you even change? I would change the M2 steering. Okay. And shifter. Yeah, the, the shifter. The shifter in the 1M is more positive. It's easier to get into gear. Yeah. Running through, it's you feel quicker. And the height of the shifter, not the throws, but the actual height of the shifter knob is satisfyingly lower. Yeah. Sh- stubbier. Yeah, your hand falls to it a little bit. Hand you, falls to I it. feel like in the M2, like. I'm keeping my elbow way up in the air, like I'm worried about hitting the um, center console with my elbow as I'm shifting, and it's just not quite as ergonomically pleasurable, or ergonomically pleasant as the 1M. Yeah, the I'm gonna call it the, the thigh to stick ratio. The th- yeah. The, the, yeah, the thigh to stick ratio on the 1M is certainly uh, more pleasant. Mm-hmm. You're, you're lifting your hand off your thigh and putting it right to, it falls to the knob perfectly, whereas the one, the M2, there's a significant elbow bend. Yeah, which makes you feel smaller in the car, which doesn't help. Yeah. And also, it, like I said, it makes my it gives me a weird elbow position while while I'm shifting, and it's just not quite it's not quite perfect. Right. It's not bad at all. Not bad. No. Definitely it, not bad. And it, you'd never notice this probably without. I never really. I mean, I have both cars, right? And I never mm-hmm. noticed it until last night, where I'm literally. You know, pulling up the e-brake, walking around the other car and getting in the one end, and like, holy cow, this is a much different shifter. Yeah, it really, that was that was probably the biggest surprise for me. I expected the steering in the one end to be better. Right. I didn't really think about it being a more a better shift, better shifting car. Uh, that wasn't something I was expecting. You? No, it really highlights the, uh, what do they always say, the rubbery shifter feel of the BMW. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the 1M literally just doesn't have it. No, it really doesn't. It's far more direct. Mm-hmm. It, even though it's not quote unquote a short throw, it, it feels like a short throw. Mm-hmm. You you said last night, and I agree with you, that the throws are basically the same. Yeah, I didn't feel any discernible difference. But 
the, the, the one M is just more satisfying. It really is. It's shorter. You got the thigh to stick shift ratio is lower. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't feel like there's that that rubbery notch to like break through. Yeah. Like the them two, I'm constantly feeling like I have to power my. I have to really put some force behind my hand to get it into gear. Yeah. The the 1M, I feel like I could be redlining every gear and shift with the most minimal little pinky of effort. Just <laughs> tap it into gear, no problem. Yeah. M2, I feel like I got to give it a little bit more muscle, which is satisfying in its own way, but it that leads to that more sledgehammer feeling as opposed to the light heart. The finesse. The finesse, thank you, of the 1M. Well, I think that speaks in a broader sense to, to kind of the whole attitude of both cars, right? Mm-hmm. So the 1M says, hey, come play with me. Let's play together. It's a dance partner. Right? Yeah. It's it's not stepping on your toes. If anything, you're stepping on its toes, right? In the dance. Yeah. And it's, it just makes everything easy, but not easy in a way like, oh, this is so boring. Oh, I want a challenge. Uh-huh. Easy in a way to where it feels right and it feels finesse and it just... It's just on rhythm. Yeah, it really is. Um, the way it sounds, the way it responds, uh, that kick in the tail when you when you put the when you push the M button on the steering wheel. Oh, let's talk about M buttons. Okay. So BMW purposely engineered out any M button on the steering wheel on the M2. However, the one M still has kind of that magic button on the one M. Yeah, that M dynamic button? Yes, which is very cool because it's kind of like, it's almost like an on-off switch. The the 1M is still really awesome. Mm-hmm. But when you push that button, it's all of a sudden, the car kind of wakes up and the puppy dog's tail starts wagging and says, okay, okay, let's play. It's time. Let's play. Let's do it. <laughs> everything is sharper. Yeah. Everything feels better. Uh, everything is just better. Uh, now, in the M2... You got comfort mode, you have sport, you have sport plus, some of the modes rub match, some of them don't, some of them yeah. have trash control, some of them don't. It's far more complicated of an affair. You have to it? think about it, like, okay, I'm going into sport plus, that's turning off trash control and rev matching, but if you want to go in just to sport and want to do your own rev matching, you can't. It's just, it's that technology that's getting in the way of driving fun. The 1M has one button and it it's fun mode and you click it and you're done. Yeah. Again, I think that speaks to a little bit of different philosophy from when the cars were made, right? So the 1M still feels playful, still feels fantastic without the M button. The M button just kind of takes it up a little bit more intense um, in every way. But the M2 has got all this quasi-configuration where you got the Comfort and the Sport Plus and all the trash control stuff. And it's possibly it's needlessly complicated for a car that's purpose-built to be a fun sports car. Back to the basics, simple front engine, rear drive, stick shift in the middle, excellent steering, handling brakes, dynamics. Yeah. Um, I don't know, how do you feel about that? I kind of like the fact that the 1M has just like a button, like, okay, I want to be super intense right now, and I'm going to hit this button, and then when I don't want to be intense, I can drive it, and it's still, you know, normal to drive in daily traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, but the M2, it, it's just, I mean, do you ever say to yourself, well, you know, I really don't want Sport Plus. I kind of just want to go not as fun but not comfort right now so let's just put it in sport yeah I, I would have much rather going, yeah, yeah, yeah I would have much rather just had one mode yeah with an M dynamic button to turn it up just a notch 
and a button, simple, simple button, to turn off auto rev match. Yeah, that's all they needed to do. One setting for the suspension, throttle response, everything else, M dynamic button just to turn each of those notches just up slightly, and then let me take rev matching off and leave trash control on, please. That is so frustrating. It's one. Of, it's the M2's biggest flaw, in my opinion. Uh, it's really, it's, it's, uh, it ruins an otherwise nearly perfect experience when you have to turn off trash control and stability control to be able to rev match your own downships in a car like that. Yeah. It's really, I don't understand what they were thinking. Anyway. So with these M buttons, you know what I think it speaks to is the, the fact that it's a, it's a, the purpose is singular, which is fun. You can always get faster cars, slower cars, more luxurious cars, bigger cars, whatever. But it's really hard, nay, impossible, uh, especially in the BMW lineup, to get a car that is just more fun. Yeah. And maybe that speaks to the aggravation and having way too many modes uh, on the M2 with the Comfort and Sport Plus and the chassis controller rev matching on and off, blah blah blah. Maybe maybe what maybe the conflict there is it's ruining the single-minded nature, the simplicity of just having fun. Yeah. Uh, you know, because when you're when you're 15 years old and you're getting your your restricted license and where you can drive with the adult, and then you everybody that's passionate about driving and listening to this podcast knows the morning when you turn 16. You're the first one in line, or at least I was, uh, in, the, in the office to get your driver's license. Mm -hmm. You're taking that test, you're getting your license, and at that point, all you're thinking about is freedom, yep. driving, getting in the car, yep. you know, going somewhere, doing something fun, and you just love to drive. You're not thinking like, well, how far, does, how fast does this car go to 60? Well, what if, how's the braking? What is it, yeah. you know? Does it need to be in sport mode? Sport does it have ventilated seats? Uh -huh. You know, you're <laughs> literally thinking to yourself, I cannot wait. So I get in this car and I can drive it. Run through the gears. No one's in there, yep. and I can just do my own thing. And I think these cars link us to that 15, 16 year old brain and that time in our lives. And it says, "Hey, it's it's just about fun. It's just about making you smile. It's about it's about making you feel good. And that's why we're all enthusiasts. And that's why we all love cars because at some point in our lives, we got struck with this disease, this glorious, glorious disease. And these cars." Really, really uh, take us back to that level. Yeah. I want to pause because the phone's ringing. Can you pause the recording? No, honestly, I'll just let it go. Oh, the phone's ringing. Yeah, we just pause. So, to your point about being 16 and getting your license and wanting to just get in the car and go, the last thing I want to do is have to go back to adult land when I get into my M2 and have to decide which mode to be in and whether or not I feel like having trash control on because I want to auto rev match. Like I just want to get in the car and it'd be good and just go. Yep. And having to push nine buttons to set everything up properly or resembling something proper is kind of frustrating in a car like that. Well, you know, you read anything out there in the automotive media press on the M2 and I mean really anything and the journalists um, are mentioning that feature and how you can't turn auto rev match so, off. You know, and at least to me, it remains a curiosity. And if anyone out there knows 
BMW head of engineering and uh, why they made that decision, I'd like to know. But it's, it's a little bit curious. It really is. You know, maybe maybe the attorney said that. Maybe it's a liability issue. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, someone's going to have a software fix for that somewhere. Uh, and you turn it off. Yeah. yeah. Um, Much needed. But, you know, all these little things sort of add up um, and accumulate to how it's just slightly more complicated than the one in. Mm-hmm. But and, and I feel like I feel like we're talking trash about the We interior. really are. The car is but, like but, the car's ridiculous. amazing. I yeah, love it. That car is like, like mind-blowing. Our, yeah, it really is. I feel, I feel kind of bad because but it's just the 1M does everything just slightly better and has slightly less complications and you don't really lose out on anything. Yeah, it's, it, you know what it was? It was a special point in time. Uh, and it's hard to repeat that point in history where, you know, technology was creeping in, mm-hmm. but nowhere near to where it is today. Yeah, we were, we were at that point. We were all crying to the rooftops that technology was going to ruin sports cars, and we're still doing it. Yeah, <laughs> looking back at that time as the as the heyday of no tech. You know, that car has navigation and voice and voice control and all kinds of good stuff, but yeah, just before it worked well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just before just voice, before. voice control worked. <laughs> uh-huh. But yeah, uh, I don't want, and I know it's going to sound like we just did, but we're not saying that the M2 is a bad car by any means. It's just when dri- driven back to back with a car seven years older, that was a limited production run, super special car, it kind of loses out. And small little areas that add up to be quite a big difference yeah you know you could I think you could argue both sides of that coin right? you could argue the M2 is a better better daily driver it, it, it yeah. is um, at least I'm talking stock for stock mm-hmm. it, it does have probably the better set of brakes um, it does have more safety features it's got yeah. more tech so on a daily basis um, and I think we said last night driving this back to back that I think we both agreed that for track track purposes only um, the M2 is probably the better instrument stock for stock yeah it really ha- it's, it comes down to the brakes for that I think yeah um, it would be and a more sophisticated uh, rear diff yes yeah you're correct um, it's kind of funny in, in two arenas it would I think the M2 would be better daily driving and at the same time uh, track driving both of those the M2 would be better the 1M as a second car, as a fun car on the street, is the is choice A. Yeah, as I've proven, you, you can have both cars, mm-hmm. and while there is overlap, it's really small because they're both totally different driving experiences. Yeah, and I think I proved that to myself last night at least. I and I've been thinking maybe too academically about it. Well, you know, they're both BMW coupes with a stick shift, rear wheel drive, and a turbocharged straight six on the front, mm-hmm. um, but. But quite spectacularly, they're different. Yeah, and I'm glad that they are. Oh yeah, I love that they are. But, but are you or are you not surprised that uh, how different they are? Very surprised. Yeah. I kind of expected them to be, you know, it's the same formula. It's just one that was baked, baked longer in a different. Yeah, oven. it's a base model <laughs> BMW with a bunch of M part. You know, the M engineers unleashed on it, and you get two completely different, uh, awesome. Automobiles. I mean, it's it's actually quite remarkable that they were able to make the two feel uh, distinct and different. 
Yeah. And I think the M2 is going to go down as a classic, just like the just oh, like the 1M. Absolutely. It's a modern classic. Right? Yeah, it really is. And the fact that you can get a brand new M2 for the price of a you know seven year old twenty thousand mile 1M is <laughs> kind of appealing. Yeah. Good luck with that. But yeah, at least in theory you can do that. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm just thinking. We keep talking about they're seven years apart, but really. Uh, at least in the U.S., the, the the one series came out here, and I think it was 2008. Mm-hmm. I'm almost positive about that. Yeah. So you're talking about a car who that originally was set up as a as a base model, bread and butter, high volume car, um, back from 2008. Yeah. Wow. Versus. <laughs> wow. The car, <laughs> car that was manufactured uh, in Germany, and I believe it was October of 17. It's a totally different world. Mm-hmm. Um, recession versus non-recession. Cafe standards are different. Airbags, pedestrian standards. It's just a completely different climate right now in terms of the industry, the regulations, the economics. Everything is different, right? You gotta remember, like, Twitter didn't exist. Yeah. I think people were still in MySpace. Probably. So the 1M really um, is communicating from a completely different decade. Yeah, obviously they took the E90 uh, M3 suspension and wheels uh, and kind of slid it under the the 1M and then flared out the fenders to cover the wheels, mm-hmm. which all these all these things add up to make the car really neat. But I think we're feeling a decade of difference in what boils down to be a back to the basics sports car, sports coupe that is for one word fun. Yep. Because it doesn't really matter that the M2 had more confidence-inspiring brakes or maybe a better differential. It doesn't matter because these cars are about fun, and it's it's hard to have more fun than we had last night in the 1M. Yeah. And let me just disclaim this again: the M2 is spectacular uh-huh. and a lot of fun. Had we put it up against maybe almost any other BMW. And by the way, I've had four E39 M5s. I love that car, it was my first BMW. That car is incredible. Uh, totally different driving experience. Yeah. But I'm just gonna say that uh, the M2 shines, especially in today's car market, as one of the best buys, period, for fun. If fun is your goal, uh, the M2 is probably in the top two or three choices today at almost any price. Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. Yeah. Um, I lost my track of thought. And I'm just gonna say, if you're gonna get these cars, yes, yes, mineral gray looks good. <laughs> yes, white looks good. Yes, these cars look good, people. Uh-huh. But, but get it in a color. But these cars are unique, uh-huh. and they speak to you, and they're different than the 340 that's mineral gray, yeah. or the or the 330 or the 320 for the low of God. I'll, I'll put a picture in the show notes of these cars last night. That's white. Uh, but guys and girls and anyone listening, these cars need fun colors. Yep. I can't imagine. They look so. Uh, the colors are fun. Yeah. That just kind of adds to the fun. You're getting in the car and you're seeing an awesome color and it's immediately putting you in the mindset of, of, of yeah. fun. Yeah. It's just, it's like an appetizer. Exactly. It's yeah. like foreplay. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, oh, that is a really cool Long Beach Blue. Holy cow, look at that Valencia orange. Uh-huh. You're already, 
your brain is already firing off neurons saying, this is gonna be a fun experience. Mm -hmm. This car is so neat. Yeah. Well, Jay, I feel like we've just spent roughly 20 minutes uh, crapping on the M2. No, that, but, was, that was just the last five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I also just want to quick disclaim that the, the, both cars were stock and both felt roughly about the same power. Well, we did a couple runs yeah. um, where we're in gear, same speed, same gear, yeah. same RPM. Second gear, 10 miles an hour, 20 miles an hour, 30 yep. miles an hour. Yep, first, sec first, second, and third gear, we did these runs back to back, just right next to each other. And by no means were they perfectly scientific, but it gave us a good feel mm -hmm. for the cars after multiple runs doing these things. And uh, what shocked both of us was that the 1M actually uh, was just, just a little bit quicker. Yeah, and, and pretty much back to back, first gear pulls it was quicker and third gear pulls it was quicker. Second gear pulls, uh, they were relatively well matched. Yeah, maybe more evenly matched. Yeah, we're not talking uh, outrageously. We're not talking car length. No, we're no. talking like nosing. Yeah, yeah just nose just to tail nose of the car. Nose. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. um, but that is, I think that screams volumes about the one M. Yeah, really, it, it's amazing how powerful that little thing is. So uh, we'll leave it at that, guys. Um, we're almost to the airport. I'm going to be heading back to Columbus, and then we'll be podcasting remotely. Uh, we also need to get into uh, Jay's daily driver uh, that he ended up buying. Yeah. Kind of alluded to that you were looking for a uh, daily driver last podcast. So, well, as they as they already know, I mean, I definitely quite literally flew around the country. Yes. <laughs> yep. Maybe could be a little bit extreme, but I really like to find uh, unique cars, and I know no matter how many times I look at it online, or how many times I quiz the salesperson, or how many times I look at pictures. It's not until I get in that seat, yep. start the car, and move a block down the road that I, it just hits me. This yep. is a really good car, or this is this is the wrong move. Yep, exactly. Um, and you are, and I'm dropping you off at the airport for you to fly back to Columbus, Ohio. And we're already gonna miss you down here, man. Yeah, I'm gonna miss you guys too. It's been great. Amelia Island, we also need to talk about. Oh my God, Amelia. That was awesome. That was my first year. What, your third? Fourth year? That was my uh, fourth time going. Okay. But it felt like my first time going because every time it's just, if you're a car enthusiast, it's, I mean, it's your, kind of your holy mecca, mm -hmm. right? It's like the holy grail of, I mean, outside of like Pebble Beach. Yeah. It's the East Coast Pebble Beach. It is the East Coast. And we both live on the East Coast, so. But we've been, we've been to a couple different auto shows together, mm -hmm. cars and coffees up and down. Yep. And all these things are amazing, but there's something about Amelia Island and those cars. I mean, it's just, yeah. it's in the air. People, you could just feel the energy in the air for cars. Yeah, I've never been anywhere like it. It was absolutely incredible. Can't wait to go next year. We'll get into that next podcast, guys. Yeah. Until then, we're signing off. All right, guys. See you, Jay. See ya.